Steph Lorize is my guest today. We actually have a couple mutual friends in common, and one of them sent Steph my way. If you also have a friend that I should chat with, will you send me an email at contact at neighborhoodtwinmom.com, or you can just send me a message on Instagram as well. My handle is at neighborhoodtwinmom. But anyhow, Steph is a business owner along with her five sisters. They have a company called Six Sister Stuff as well as a second company that they just started this year called Startup Spark. She is the co-author of a dozen or so cookbooks, is passionate about educating people about mental health and mom to five, including her oldest, who are fraternal girl twins. Thanks for being here, neighbor. Hi, I'm Amber. I have five young kids, including a set of boy-girl twins. My kids were all born within six and a half years of each other. It's a lot of kids in a little amount of time. It has been quite the journey parenting all these kids so close in age. I've learned a lot over the years, and people often come to me for advice. But let's be honest, I don't know everything. And in those cases, I turn to other moms for their advice. I believe that people living it and doing it are the real experts. So that's why each week I'll sit down with a real expert, one of my friends, a mom like you, to get all the advice you asked for and some you didn't. This is Neighborhood Twin Mom. Welcome to the neighborhood. All right. Today I have Steph Lariza and she is a business owner, a mom of twins plus more. I keep interviewing moms who have five kids. I guess I'm just a magnet to them, but I'm going to let her introduce herself a little more and get to know her. Perfect. Thank you to be here. So I started, I guess, with my family company. It's Six Sisters Stuff. Me and my sisters started it as it actually started as a way to stay in touch, sharing recipes that we grew up eating that our mom always served to us. And then it kind of snowballed from there. And we've spent the last almost 11 years now building up that company. And it's been an awesome, awesome ride. And then just barely of this year, we launched a second company um, to help other mostly women-owned businesses do the exact same thing. But we just want to help them do it in less time and with less trials that it took us. So that's kind of what we're doing now. And that's called the startup spark. So we still are dabbling in food, but we also now get to help other fellow entrepreneurial moms on their journey. And my favorite recipe is Korean beef. That recipe is the one that I take to all my friends who have babies or if they have surgeries. I take them cream beef because one, it's not a casserole because you're sick of casserole when someone's bringing you a bunch of meals and it reheats really well. So that one's my favorite. So tell me about your kids and your family. Yes. So I have five kids, like you were saying on a roll with interviewing people with five kids. I never thought I would have five kids like ever, not in a million years did I think I'd be a person to have five kids, but here we are and they are adorable. So I had my twins first. They are five and a half and they are girls, fraternal twins and blast. They're starting kindergarten next week and we are excited, but also I keep crying about it. So it's fine. Yes. I was going (laughs) to ask you about that. Are they going to be in the same class? Yes. Yes. We're going to try that out see how it goes. And first grade might be a different story, but we figured kindergarten's pretty laid back. So we'll, we'll let them be together. Okay, cool. And then your other kids. Yes. And then I have three little boys. So I lucked out 
well, I don't know if that's luck. Some people wouldn't consider it luck, but I didn't have a second set of twins. Praises to the people who have more than one set. I do not know how they do it, but I have a three-year-old boy and then an almost two-year-old little boy. And then I have a three-month-old little boy. So it is a party and it is so this morning was a lot. I'll be honest. This morning was a lot, but it is really fun and they're adorable and they are, we hope when they grow up, they're all be really tight, really close knit little bunch of friends. So we'll see. How close are you in age with your sisters? Cause there's six sisters, no brothers. How close are yes. you in age with your siblings? So my sister, that's just older than me. I'm number four out of six. My sisters that just, that is just older than me is about four years older than me. And then my sister just younger than me is two years younger than me. That's interesting that you, so you have six siblings, but you never thought you'd have a big family. No, no. I was like, when I first got married, I was like, let's do three. I can do three. And then I had twins and I was like, I think we're done. (laughs) Yeah. But then they had one more. I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but for me, it was like, holy cow, it is so much easier to have one kid. Yep. Like so much easier. And so then I was like, okay, let's have another. Okay. Let's have another. And then we've settled on five. We're feeling really good. That's where we end. Yeah. He's young, but, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) I have friends who have said, how do you have, you know, twins is so much. How do you have more kids? I was like, look, here's the thing. When they cry, you pick them up when they're hungry, you feed them. There's only one of them. It's totally different right? It's a game changer. Cause it's not like, you don't like look and think, okay, who's crying harder or okay. Who got fed last, last time. It's like <laughs> every decision you make with twins is like one has to go first and the other one has to go second. And when you only have one baby, it's just like, okay, let's feed you. Okay. Yes. Let's change you. Yes. Okay. Or I can do something and hold you. Yes, opposed to I can holding you. Yeah. Like I can hold you to me and still cook dinner. So you totally twin moms world. out there, try it. You can have another one. It's easier. You can probably can do it. It's so <laughs> much easier. Yeah. So much easier. So you started but this. Be careful because this... then you might have a few more. I know. I know. I know. Well, we had one first and then twins. My husband was like, we should have triplets next. One, two, three. I was like, hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I don't know how triplet moms do it. But so your business started before you were a mom. Yes. And so yep. then you're a business owner and an entrepreneur before you had kids. How has your relationship with your business changed since you've had kids? So before I had kids, it was like, I would take on every project that came my way. I would also take on any opportunity I had to travel, regardless of whether it was somewhere that I even semi wanted to go or not. But since having kids, I am a lot more choosy about how I spend my time. And so I feel like it has made me way more efficient. I feel like I can get done in like three hours, but it will take some people an entire week to do. (laughs) Like, it's like when I can block out that time and I can sit down, no distractions and get it done. I'm really going to get it done. And I also, like I mentioned, I've learned to say no a lot more, still something I'm working on for sure, but I am a lot more selective about how and where I spend my time. One of my friends was actually over here a few weekends ago. She was telling me about it and I will make it a nicer version of this, but she was like, if it's not a heck yes, then it is a 
definite no. And so I feel like that kind of has to be my mantra as I am working full-time for one company, starting another company and have five kids. Like if it's not an absolutely I'm all in, then it's, it's not going to happen. And it's a no. That was a lesson I learned with having twins for sure (laughs) was knowing that it's okay to say no and not doing something that you're not interested in doing. So I'll have friends who will say things like, um, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, look, I promise you, I will not say yes to something if I don't want to do it. So if I said yes to you, that means I want to do it because it's not, it just doesn't work for me to put things on my plate that do not fit. Yeah. And that don't necessarily need to be there. Right. So you are a working mom and you have five little kids. What are, do you have some big family hacks? What do you do to keep organized? Tell me your tricks. Tell me your ways, your laundry (laughs) chips or your, well, tell me your cooking stuff. How do you cook for a family? We do a lot of like, and I had some friends over here. I, I keep talking about this because it was so sweet because my friends flew out after my baby got out of the hospital and they made me a bunch of freezer meals and clean my whole house. It was awesome. But we rely a lot on systems and we are, and it's partially my personality. I'm an Enneagram one to a fault, but it's like, everything has a system, everything has a place, everything is done on time. Because if it wasn't that way, my life would be absolute chaos. Even with all these systems in place that we have, our schedule looks the same every day. We do the same type of meal planning every week. We do the same activities on Sunday. We are scheduled down to like the half hour at my house and everything is done that way, which I promise it's a loving place. I feel like some people are like, it's like uh, so cold, so heartless. Where's the, where's the fun? Where's the play? And I'm like, we schedule that in, we schedule in free time to have play, but it's still scheduled. So that is how we survive. I honestly, and I feel like, and maybe this is just me, but, and the other twin moms that I've met, But I feel like a lot of twin moms are really, really good at like scheduling because when you have to do two babies at once, you have to, and it just becomes a part of you. So then it's easier when you add more kids, like, oh, we already have the schedule in place. It's a lot easier to just follow in those footsteps, but maybe that's just me. So tell me your twins are starting kindergarten. Do you have, they're starting next week. Is that right? Yes. Tell me what you're doing to schedule for them for like mornings, what do you you have a plan yet? I mean, you haven't tested it out yet, but do you have a plan for mornings and getting them out at the door? Yes, we do. We know how much time it takes to get them up, get them like awake, make breakfast, do hair, and then get them out the door. And we know exactly what time we have to leave to get them to school on time. (laughs) And, And I am totally the person too, that not only do systems save me, but as much as I can get done to prepare for something, the more smoothly the next day is going to go. So a lot of the time, like after I put my kids down to bed at night, before I start working for the evening, I get everything done and ready for the next day. So I tidy up the kitchen. When school is in session, they used to go to preschool. Now that we're preparing for full-time school, it's like lunches are made, backpacks are out, clothes are chosen, shoes are by the door. As much as I can do to prepare to make the next day less stressful, we do that. So are they involved in helping for the next day or do you prepare all this stuff for them? No, they are very much involved because I want them to be able to 
one have that autonomy, even though they're young, like having the choice of, okay, I get to choose what I wear tomorrow to school. I just check it and make sure like, okay, is this weather appropriate? Like (laughs) we can't be wearing layers of sweaters. It's still 85 degrees. I usually just check and make sure, but it's so ingrained in them. They know exactly what they need to do. It will be an adjustment going from summer schedule to school schedule for sure, but they are already so used to, okay, before I go to bed at night, I need to put out my shoes. I need to get my backpack empty. I need to make sure that I've made, usually we make lunches for the next day together and then make sure they have their clothes out and any like assignments or things they need to bring with them. I did not know this about you. I have so many questions now. (laughs) I want to know if you have, do you have a system for chores? Do you make your kids do chores yet? We do. We are actually looking to revamp our system. Again, we are, I thrive on systems. I love systems so much, but so right now, We usually just have, they have one night a week where they get to stay up 30 minutes later and they get to help with whatever I'm doing for that night. So sometimes it's like I'm folding laundry or I need to put the dishes away or I need to sweep the backyard or whatever it is. So they have their special helper night, they call it. And so one night a week, they just stay up a little later and they get to help do chores and they love it because they get one-on-one time with me, which is fantastic because that is something that I really struggle with, Mm -hmm. but that I know is so important. And it's like, even if it's only just one time a week, it's better than nothing. (laughs) So that's how we do chores right now. Yeah. Another mom was saying that they let one kid stay up. They read them stories, but the chores that's, 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 we that's do end with a few books. We usually end, they get to pick two picture books. We read them and that's like how we end the night and then they can go to bed. It also helps because our house is it's really small and all of my kids share bedrooms except for the baby. <laughs> so when we stagger their bedtimes like that, they go to sleep, no problem. And then the other child can go in when they're done. It it avoids a lot of disaster for us. So you talk a lot about mental health. Is there, why are you so passionate about that? And what brings you to educate people on that? I feel like it kind of started when I was a young mom. I remember, honestly, when I came home from the hospital with my twins for the first time, when they were like, I had a C-section. So they were like five days old. I walked through the door to my apartment in downtown LA, kind of a grungy little apartment. And I was home and I was alone. And because my husband had to go straight to busy season for his work. And I remember I set the babies down and I compulsively had to clean up my entire apartment. And at the time I did not understand. I even remember thinking in the back of my mind, like I should be just resting. Like I just had surgery, but I could not sit down. I could not relax. And it wasn't until two or three years later, after this had happened several other times that I realized I was having a panic attack. And I had no idea until I had learned about it down the road. But that's a lot of the time how my body reacts to high levels of anxiety 
And I, I had a panic attack when I brought my girls home from the hospital. There are a few other things that have happened over the years that have made me realize like, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be a mom to five kids, if I'm going to work, if I'm going to be a good spouse, my mental health is just as important as my physical health. And I really need to take care of that. I've also had some family members who have had some some hard mental health struggles. And I've seen how it affects everyone else in their immediate family, extended family, neighborhood, the way they do business. Like it is to the point where I wish it was talked about more because I feel like so much pain and so much distress could be avoided if it were to be addressed as the same as a physical illness, that when you're sick, you go seek help. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I feel like just this past, mostly the past like year and a half, especially with COVID and the whole world shutting down, I just realized it's okay to talk about it. And there aren't a ton of people talking about it. There are more so now than there were five years ago, Mm -hmm. but there's still not enough people talking about it to make people feel comfortable and to feel safe and to recognize this is a very important aspect of my overall health and I need to address it and not sweep it under the rug. When it comes to physical health, we are educated more on things that we need to be doing, drinking water, exercising, stretching, those kinds of things. I feel like mental health, there's much more of a, it's more specific to the individual, at least that's what I've noticed. And so what are things that you do to take care of your mental health then? Oh, definitely. I think you hit it right on the nose. It's very specific to what individually you need. I realized with my personality, I I love my kids so much. I do, but also I love to work and I love being fulfilled in that way. So for me, working is part of and having a fulfilling career is part of how I address my mental health because I know how important it is to my mental health to do something like that. I've also realized that like taking scheduled breaks again, back to those schedules and back to those systems, I literally have to schedule in time where I don't do certain things. There are days when I don't work at all. There are days when I do not check social media at all. There are days when I have to realize, okay, I can't be having conversations about this topic because I'm not in a good enough place. And so I feel like learning to set those, those boundaries for yourself is incredibly important and knowing how you can best serve your own mental health through different ways. It's again, like you said, it's different for everybody, but, and a lot of my mental health, I realize the more like I'm pretty active chasing around five kids all day, but I realize like when I take time to just take like 20 minutes to move my body in some way that I like that also attributes to better mental health. Have you had struggles after each of your kid or do you feel like it's been constant or does it fluctuate after having different kids? It has fluctuated. I remember actually after I had Jameson, who's my third, he was, so he was the first singleton after I had my twins. I remember thinking, 
this is so much easier. Like this is so much easier. But then about three months in, I had postpartum anxiety that I had never experienced to that level before. And that was actually when I realized, oh my gosh, I've had this before. When I had my twins, that's what was happening. Oh, interesting. So was it more of a light switch for you then? It was, it was, well, and part of the reason that I had had a light switch is because some of my sisters had actually talked to me about their experiences with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. And I knew, oh my gosh, that's what this is. So I knew that, okay, this isn't normal. This, I, I obviously need to seek some help for this and, and I knew kind of what to look for. And then I could recognize the patterns and the way that it manifested itself in my life, which was a little bit different than their stories, but it was enough of a similarity that I could recognize that, oh, so that's what that is. That's why I have that behavior. That's why I have this tick. So what is it that you said you cleaned with the twins? Was it something different with Jameson? No, same thing. That's usually how it is. I have very high functioning anxiety. which I try really hard to keep at bay, I guess you could say, or to live with and to deal with. But a lot of it manifests itself that I have a really hard time. I can't focus in cluttered situations. I I just can't focus. And also when I'm stressed, I I clean and like compulsively (laughs) clean. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but I can tell like the difference between like, oh, my house is messy. I should clean up and oh my gosh, it's messy. I have to clean this up right now before I do anything else or I'm going to go crazy. That's interesting because I have had either depression or anxiety after each of my kids, but because anxiety, I don't feel like postpartum anxiety is talked about as much. I didn't recognize it with my first one until I started feeling better. And then I was like, oh, oh, that wasn't normal. Yes. And then, so hers was more of a creep creeping in feeling, but my fourth kid, it was like, just all of a sudden I was, yeah. I was scared is what I felt. I didn't feel like cleaning. I was just, didn't want to move. I was almost like paralyzed. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, do not go to work today. Like you can't leave me alone. I was just scared. And for no reason. I mean, that's what anxiety is. It's just like fear of nothing. Yes. But it only happened with a couple of kids and the other ones, I had more depression. So it was totally different feelings and all the same, but cleaning definitely not my, not my trigger more of, I didn't want to leave the house. I was yes. afraid to take my kid out in public and I was afraid to, yeah, just leave. So that's interesting. Yeah. It's hard to be able to pick up on something. Like I said, I didn't recognize it until I started feeling better, but yes, if you talk to other women and hear their stories, then I think people can understand a little bit more of some of the signs opposed yes. to just the seven boxes they have you check at the yes. doctor's office. So you schedule out time and breaks. Is there anything else that you do for your mental health? You said exercise. Exercise. One thing actually that was recommended to me, and this is, I'm sharing this because of how helpful it's been is learning more about either mental health in general. Maybe it's something that you struggle with. Maybe you don't have postpartum anxiety, but you feel like maybe I am an anxious person learning more about anxiety or learning more about depression or learning more about whatever mental health struggle that you may experience, whether it's you or a loved one is incredibly, incredibly helpful. That has what has 
has truly helped me the most over the past like year and a half is learning more about these mental illnesses because I feel like it gives me better tools and it helps me know what to expect. If I start doing this behavior or if somebody is acting in this way, I understand that and I get that and I can better help them or better set boundaries for myself to protect my own mental health. How do you help your friends? Is there something that, because I feel like people hide it really well. So a lot of times I'll hear people talk about this and they'll, once they've already figured out a solution or are helping themselves, I have found it hard to pick up on it with my friends. I will often text my friends when they've often had baby, be like, look, if this happens, you can reach out to me. You can talk to me, but I have a hard time picking it up from my friends. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And I've actually had conversations with people and they're like, yeah, I, I, I really struggle after I have kids from the outside looking in, I would never have guessed it. Never, not in a million years, because even more so than what you see on social media, like every time I saw them in person, they seemed better than fine. And so I feel like maybe creating that safe space. I love that you text your friends and just say, Hey, like if this happens, I'm here to talk. I love that idea. I think that's fantastic. And I think I could definitely be better about that because I think it's really important to have people that you could talk to or reach out to that maybe have been through something that you've been through or that may know how to steer you to better resources. I feel like that's, that's incredibly helpful. This episode brought to you by Betty's. It's an all-in-one fitted sheet blanket comforter set for your bed. It makes the bed making experience easy. Get it? Bed. Ease. The fitted sheet fits around your mattress with thick elastic. And then with the heavy-duty zipper, blanket, top sheet, comforter combined, zip to the fitted sheet, making it very easy to make the bed. Once the bed is zipped, it looks like a hotel bed. You know, the sheets are all perfectly secured under the mattress, and the top sheet comforter is smooth and taut. One of my favorite parts is that the inventor and CEO of Betty's is a twin mom. She was frustrated when her twin boys wouldn't or couldn't make their beds on their bunk beds. So, she set out to find an easier solution. Enter Betty's. I personally have purchased four bedding sets. I have a set on my queen-size storage bed. I no longer have a comforter flapping down getting stuck in the drawers. We also have three twin-size beddies on our triple trundle bed. If you've ever tried to make a trundle bed or any bed push up against a wall, you know that it is a difficult task. But with beddies, since you just zip all the pieces together, my kids can easily make their beds by themselves. Try it out for yourself with my promo link. You'll receive $50 off your order. They also have a 14-day, no-questions-asked return policy. You won't regret it, though. I convinced my mom to get two sets for the grandkid bunk beds at her house, too. They even have special-sized ones for your RV or trailer. Oh, and every Betty set comes with two coordinating pillowcases. Remember, use my promo link in the show notes to receive $50 off your purchase. Would you like to share experience that I haven't had experience with? You mentioned earlier that your son was recently hospitalized and I've already heard the story, but I would love for you to share it. Yes, of course. So it's funny because as we were talking about anxiety, a lot of the time, like you were saying, you have that fear and then it's like, oh, am I, uh, you can't go to work today. I need you to stay home. I actually had a, a panic attack while I was pregnant with this last baby, but it was, a, it was one of those fearful situations for some reason. 
I just was so fearful of my kids being at their preschool. And I was like, I need to go get them. I need to go get them. So those things of fear will sometimes hit me as part of my anxiety. And so over the past year have had a lot of medical issues. I went to preterm labor with this fifth baby. And then I ended up having him a few weeks early. And then we have different blood types, which Mm. I didn't even know was a thing, but because of that, he had really bad jaundice. So he was hospitalized for that. Then he was released. And then I was hospitalized for a blood clot the whole time in the back of my head through all of these different medical situations. I doubted myself so much. I had, because I was like, it's just my anxiety. It's just my anxiety telling me that something like I need to be afraid that something is wrong. But in the back of my head, there was that little voice that's like, something is wrong, go get it checked. Something is wrong, go get it checked. In those other circumstances, luckily, I had doctor's appointments scheduled. So I was able to seek medical care. They were able to help me with the preterm labor and the blood clot and the jaundice situation. All of those times I had had medical appointments set up so that even though I didn't personally make the choice to go in, I showed up to those appointments and they were able to help me. After I got my blood clot under control, some of my kids got a cold. And I was just like, oh, it's a summer cold. Like this happens every year. And I was just like, I just really hope the baby doesn't get it. Like he's so little. And then the next day, the baby kind of had like a cough, like a very small, very little cough. And in the back of my head, I just kept having the recurring thought, he needs to go in. He needs to go in. This happened like, cause he was awake all night. So from like 3 AM on, (laughs) I kept having this thought of, okay, he needs to go in. You need to take him in. And I kept pushing it and shoving it as far down as I could. I was like, they're going to think I'm crazy. This mom bringing in her baby. He has a cough. Like, okay, go home. Like, what can we do for you? But I just kept having that nagging thought. And finally, it was literally like 12 hours later. So it was at 3 PM. I was like, fine. You know what? If they send me away, they send me away, but I just can't shake this thought. I just need to go in. Did your husband support you in that? Or did he think, uh, he kind of was like, really? Like, does he really need to go in? But I was just like, he's just so little. He's just so little. So he was like, okay, like take him in. Luckily he works from home. So there wasn't like a big shuffle of like babysitters and figuring out childcare for the other four kids. So luckily we had that situation worked out, but I took him in and the doctor looked at him and she's like, let me run some tests. And he immediately tested positive for RSV. Like it didn't even take the full minutes for the result to turn up. She was like, he has RSV. And I was like, how, like, how it is the middle of summer. That's the last thing I would have ever expected to have turn up. And then she was like, you know what? I have seen children rapidly decline with RSV, especially in babies this little. And she's like, I just want you to go to the ER. So we went over to the ER. And from at that point, it was about maybe 4.30 in the afternoon. And from 4.30, he declined so rapidly, like completely lethargic, wasn't eating, wouldn't wake up. 
had to be on high flow oxygen, it spiraled downward so quickly. And then from there, about two in the morning, we got transferred to a completely different hospital. And we were in the pediatric intensive care unit for over a week from what was just a tiny cough. I just kept thinking like, if I hadn't have gone in, what could have happened? Like if I had, if I had ignored that, or if I had really convinced myself that, okay, this is my anxiety. This isn't actually that intuition that I have been ignoring all summer long. (laughs) What could have happened? But anyway, so that was my experience. And it just was the final icing on the cake of that kick in the pants to be like, you have ignored this on three separate occasions. And thank heavens on the fourth, fourth tries the charm, we're gonna say, I finally felt like brave enough to actually listen. And, and I'm, I'm so glad I did. But I feel like that's something that is so overlooked and something that, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of the time I'm nervous of people being like, you're overreacting, or you're being that mom or whatever it is. But I was like, I feel like this has been an incredibly important lesson for me to learn. And I feel like we would all be a lot better off if people trusted their gut and listened to that intuition and what could be avoided if, if more people were to do that. Do you think that when you listen to your gut like that, that you can kind of fine tune that skill of listening to yourself? I think so. I I think so. I think it, it takes practice of knowing like, okay, when is it my gut and when is it my anxiety? But I've noticed the same thing in my business that I have as being a mother, there's those little, there's that, that gut feeling, that intuition that tells you, Hey, something's wrong. Hey, maybe don't do this. Maybe try that. And it's like, when you learn to listen to that, to that intuition, the better you get at it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I think it's definitely something that, that takes practice and it'll be a journey for me, I think, but I feel like I finally, finally learned to trust, trust that gut feeling. Yeah. Especially with anxiety. I think that is a tricky line to walk. You don't want people to say those things, like you said, but one thing that I have, I tried to learn and implement in my life is not parenting based on what I think other people will think of me. Yes. I love that. I think it was Ralphie from Simply On Purpose. I don't know if you follow her, but she had a huge thing about that. It was a few weeks ago and she was like, don't parent for other people. You don't parent to for other people's opinions. You, you parent what's best for your child. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was a twin lesson too. Cause for me, I had a child first and then my twins. So I parented completely different with my twins than I did with my first kid. So I had to learn that, you know what, most people are not going to prop up a bottle for their baby, but I have two. And so I'm going to do that. And my babies are okay that I propped up bottles for them. So I had to learn that parenting for it's different. And I'm not going to parent based off of what I think that other people will think about me. Yes. Yes. It's a hard lesson to learn, but I feel like it is one of those recurring lessons that it's going to be like, nope, this is how it's going to be the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about your son now. He's home from the hospital and he is doing okay, right? Yes, he is. He got released from the PICU. We were in the, just the regular pediatric unit for a few days. And then we got released 
thank heavens. It was like a breath of fresh air coming home. Oh, and it was so nice to have everybody back together again. They were all my kids were so excited to have their baby, their baby, their baby, their baby. And your your friends came, right? And they They cooked and cleaned for you. And this was a surprise, right? It was. I had no idea, but like it was. I didn't realize, and I think I've blocked a lot of it out, but like it was a really long, it was a really hard experience. And I just props to those moms who have babies with long-term illnesses or surgeries with long recovery times. Like I don't, I do not know how they do it, but (laughs) behind my back in the best way, my friends that I grew up with were texting my husband and I was supposed to have a girl's weekend. But obviously my child was in the hospital and they couldn't make it. And so they actually changed their plan. So instead of going to their original location, they flew out here to come just help me and my family. And it was great. How do you ask for help? Because you didn't ask for that help, but how do you ask for help when you need it? I am not great about asking for help. And there are things that I'm better at asking for help with. I was actually talking to my husband about that this morning. And I was like, I'm not great at like texting people and be like, can you like come take my kids to the park today? I'm not great at that, but I am great about being like, okay, I'm going (laughs) to, this is horrible. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, I am really good about being like, okay, I'm going to pay this company to come in and clean my house. And I'm going to pay this person to come in and watch my kids. And I'm going to be like, I am very good about being, okay, I'm at my limit. What can I do to decrease that stress? And so I'll be like, it's not worth it for me to go pick up my own groceries. I'm going to order them in. Or it's not worth it for me to plan a meal. I'm going to actually use a meal planning service. And so I'm better at that. But when it comes to asking for help, I've, right now, the baby step that I've taken is just not saying no when people offer it. So I used to be very much the person that people would be like, hey, can I do this for you? And be like, oh, no, we're fine. But now, like if people offer to do something for me, especially if they're like, hey, can we take your kids to the park? Or, hey, can we bring you dinner? Like now I just don't say no. Now I just say, yes, thank you so much. That would be great. So I don't get in my own way of people trying to help me. Yeah, And I don't think there's anything wrong with outsourcing <laughs> You make it sound like you're embarrassed that you outsource things. I think that's a great, great idea. We, well, I, I have gotten very good at outsourcing then. <laughs> yeah. With your systems, you, you outsource and your yep. systems. Hey man, as long as, if, that's long part as things of it. are taken care of. I don't think yep. it matters how it gets taken care of. Let me ask you, you work with your sisters and your mom for part of yes. your company, but you yes. don't live in the same state as them. So maybe that helps, no. but do you guys get along and how does that work? working with them all the time. This isn't like a short project. You guys have been working for almost your 11 years, you said. So what is yeah. it like working with your sisters and your mom? Honestly, it's been really good for us because we have had to learn how to communicate and how to communicate well. We've also had some hard lessons along the way. And we've also had to learn this is business. These are business-based decisions. And if it hurts your personal feelings, then that's your choice if you feel that way. So I mean, and it's tough sometimes when you present a project or you want to go a certain direction and our business is set up like a business. There's 
there's voting, there's a majority, there's ownership, there's all sorts of like, it's set up like an actual business, which I feel like a lot of people don't realize. It's pretty easy to make business related decisions because we all know, hey, this is business based, it's not personal. And again, it's taken us a decade to get to this point where it's like, hey, like, that's not the best idea for our business. That's not what our ideal customer needs or wants. And so let's put it on the back burner for now, or let's just throw it out altogether. But moving forward, like business decisions are based on our customers, not on personal feelings or ideas. All right. And so how do your spouses all feel that you guys work together and do they get all along? They do have a group text and I'm sure sometimes they are like (laughs) rolling their eyes at us, but they are very, very supportive. They are, they are incredibly supportive of what we do. And, and I, I'm very appreciative of that. And I'm sure sometimes, well, I know sometimes (laughs) like when we're all together as a family, they're like, okay, let's not talk about business for about 25 minutes. Can you, can you just give it a rest? Give us a half hour. I can't even imagine. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're very supportive and they're very helpful. So, but I imagine your family barbecues have great food. They do, and I feel like <laughs> you know, if there's great food, can you really complain? Do people? Okay, now I have to ask this. So, when you go to a potluck or people come over to your house, do they have these certain expectations of you? I'm not sure that they do. Sometimes I get like super nervous when I bring somebody a meal after they have a baby or have surgery or whatever. I get so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, because things can go wrong at any time. I will have made the same batch of cookies 85 times. And on the 86th time, it's like, oh, why is this weird today? Like, oh, did I put in too much salt? What happened? You know, or like, oh, these are way too hard. But it's like, so I get nervous. Like when I'm cooking for somebody else, like, okay, what if this is the time that this recipe finally fails and I have no backup and I still have to give it to them? And they're like, really, this is what you do for a living? I've never had anybody say that. Uh, I know I've had some some pretty uh, borderline, not that great <laughs> turnouts, but, but we do it anyway. And hopefully they're okay with it. We always do. I always do a dessert. So I'm hoping that redeems me if anything from the actual meal itself goes wrong. If you ever invited me over for dinner, I think I'd have to put in requests. <laughs> we, I'll take the lunch lady peanut butter bars, please. <laughs> and the lime chicken. Thank you very yep. much. Yep. All right. Well, Steph, this has been super fun. I'm so grateful that you agreed to do this interview and I've learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. And I'm so excited. I love, I love what you're doing. I think this is fantastic because I, when you first emailed me, I was like, I wish... I would have had access to these kind of conversations, these kind of like this kind of a podcast when I was in the thick of it up to my elbows and diapers with newborn baby twins. So I love that you're doing it. And I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that new moms can find me and not just moms who have five kids. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. We'll take all the moms because I feel like, you know, it doesn't get easier. It just changes. Totally. Yep. The heart just changes. It is just different in each stage. You're right. Yep. Well, thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you want to hang out some more, you can follow me on Instagram at Neighborhood Twin Mom. If you want more info on what we talked about in this episode or a transcription of the audio, head to NeighborhoodTwinMom.com. 
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. This helps other people be able to find the podcast. Music for this episode was composed by Cameron Norby. Find more of his work on YouTube.